from the combined crew of blindandroidusers.com and accessibleandroid.com, it's time for your favorite Android podcast. Kick back now and enjoy another fine episode from these fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here's your crew. Hello and welcome to episode 165 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. I'm Ed Green and I'm joined today by my co-hosts Warren Carr, Austin Pinto, Sally Kundas, Kareen Kiwan and John Dyer. And we are coming to you on Saturday the 3rd of February 2024. It's a busy episode this week uh, after any announcements. We'll resume our look at uh, Samsung's One UI in our Android Basics where John takes us through privacy settings. We'll have a spotlight section where John unboxes his brand spanking new Galaxy S24 Plus. In the app of the week, Warren demonstrates the search engine perplexity. In the next episode of our Jishuo or commentary series, Kareen talks about how to resume speech feedback and browse by touch after suspending it. In our tip of the week, I talk about how to overcome a problem that Xiaomi users might have when upgrading to HyperOS. Well, I hope everybody's had a good week. Kareen, how are you? I'm fine. Everything is going well here. Actually, we're having a lot of cold and um, it's it, it was a rainy week. But yeah, things are as usual. Life as usual. Good, good. Uh, John Boy, you are replete with new phones. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I, I just got a, a OnePlus 12 today in the mail, so... Even though um, there's an unboxing in today's episode, there will be another unboxing in the next episode as well. So, yeah, living the life, I guess. And where's your Ultra? Have you got that as well? No, Samsung's telling me I won't have it till February 14th for some reason. I don't know what's going on with that. I might even end up canceling it. Maybe. That's a lovely Valentine's present to yourself. (laughs) Exactly. So you're not quite as replete with phones as I thought. I thought you had a hat trick of new signings, but only two, only two have arrived. The uh, football or soccer transfer window shut on uh, Thursday in the UK, and, and I thought, you know, those were your three phone signings that you'd made. I thought you had all of them. Uh, one is obviously still waiting clearance. Uh, Austin, how are you? So this week was a very sad week. I lost my friend on Monday. And the news came to me and I was very shocked. Very close friend. We were friends in college, although she had a lot of health complications, but it was sad. But then another nice news was my brother gave me his Galaxy Watch 6 Classic. And the Classic is easier to use than the Pixel Watch 1 series. And there were some problems with the watch, like you cannot use apps of, Mostly the Samsung Health Monitor. If you are not using a Samsung phone, you cannot add eSIM if you are not using a Samsung phone. So I've made a workaround for the Health Monitor app, and that is published on Accessible Android. But the eSIM does not have a workaround, so I'm still lying on a Samsung phone now. Uh, We're very sorry uh, to hear about uh, your friend, and I'm sure I speak for all the listeners and everyone else in in wishing you uh, sincerest 
condolences. Just think, though, you could have had an entirely sad week if your brother had instead given you a Pixel phone. That would have been sad news on sad news. Yeah, that would have been a really sad week. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a very sad week. Uh, Warren, how are you? I am doing well, Ed. Thank you so much. It's another week and or another weekend, and I'm glad to be here recording this episode. And uh, I just am thankful that uh, the weather is kind of changing some. And uh, we actually saw the sun yesterday uh, for the first time in a long time, and it was such a beautiful sight. So I'm happy to be here. Um, Ed, how about you? You're doing okay? All is well. Uh, I've had an eventful uh, uh, week trying to fix the Xiaomi uh, Braille keyboard. Lots of lots of experimentation, uh, but I'll talk more about that in the tip of the week. And I've I've been playing with one of those uh, quasi accessible overlays, quasi screen readers uh, developed here in the UK called Synaptic, which I'll probably say more about next week. Uh, I downloaded a little trial of that. I didn't think we'd featured it before, so I thought I'd have a look. And Sally, how are you? Haven't spoken to you for at least six hours. Yeah, we were like together throughout the day, Ed. Yeah, we were. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see after. Well, I'm thinking this week has been super busy. We published some controversial articles on accessible Android. I know some people hate us and some people love us, but that's it is just to make this platform going forward. And uh, apart from that, everything is going well here. It's super cold. You know, uh, it's going to snow sooner or later, maybe next week. So I'm expecting for that. Yeah, they say it may snow here. So we'll just have to see, see how that goes. This is Android Basics, in which we bring you up to date on the things that you should know to use your Android phone. Now we turn to our Android Basics section, and it's our next uh, section of One UI. I think this is part 14. And John shows us the privacy settings. Hello. Today, we're going to be continuing our way through Samsung settings. We are in the security and privacy settings area. Last time we covered security, today we'll be covering privacy. So I'm going to go directly down to that heading. Privacy, heading. And the first thing we have here. Permissions used in last 24 hours. Camera 4 apps. Microphone 5 apps. Location 6 apps. So you have which apps have recently used those three permissions. If you Tap on any of them, it'll open a screen. Permission usage. Apps need your permission to access sensitive data and features on your phone, such as the camera or your location. Permission usage shows you which apps have used permissions and when. Is an app turning on the microphone in the background? You can find out here. If any apps are using permissions in a way that you're not comfortable with, you can immediately deny the permission to protect your privacy. Start button. I'm going to hit start. Permission usage. Navigate up button. Usage history. More options button. Location used by six apps. Today. 
Samsung Internet. So these are the apps that have used my location. While using app, 9-11 a.m. Google. Background, 9.03 a.m. Background, 3.03 a.m. Habitat. Background, 6.48 a.m. So as you can see, it'll show you which apps have accessed this permission and whether or not it was while you were in the app or in the background. So that's a good thing to know. I'm going to back out of here. Security and privacy. Location 6 apps. So I just went into the location, but you could do the same for camera or microphone. And next we have... Permission Manager. Allow or deny apps to access features or data on your phone. Alright, so let's go in here. Permission Manager. Navigate up. Button. So here we have a list of all the different permissions, starting with... Body Sensors. Zero of two apps allowed. Calendar. 8 of 22 apps allowed. Call logs. 14 of 19 apps allowed. Camera. 27 of 87 apps allowed. So this is a long list. I won't go through every permission, but I will open one to show you what it looks like. Camera. Navigate up. Button. So here you can find a list of all of the apps that want the camera permission. Allowed all the time. Heading. No apps allowed. That's a good thing. I don't want any app always accessing my camera. Allowed only while in use. Heading. A, B, N, B. Amazon Shopping. So this is going to be a long list of all the apps I've given the camera permission to. And after this list, you'll have a heading for what's not allowed. Not allowed. Heading. And this will be the apps. Amazon Alexa that authenticator might ask you for the camera permission if you decide to use them in a specific way or turn on a specific feature within the app but as of now i have not granted permission to any of these apps so i'm going to back out permission manager camera 27 of 87 apps allowed and again you can get to all of your different permission types in this list and from there, you can see what apps have permission all the time while the app's in use or no permission at all. Security and privacy. Permission manager. Allow or deny apps to access features or data on your phone. So now we're back on the privacy settings, and I'm going to go to the next item. Additional privacy controls. Control access to the camera, microphone, and clipboard. Let's go in here. Additional privacy controls. Navigate up button. First we have. Camera access. Allow apps to use the camera if they have the appropriate permissions. On. Switch. So this is just global camera access. You could also add this toggle to your quick settings. So if you just want, for some reason, to turn your camera completely off and not let any app access it, you could do that. Same with microphone access. Allow apps to use the microphone if they have the appropriate permissions. On. Switch. Same with microphones. So if you just globally want to turn your microphone off, uh, you can. <laughs> I don't recommend it because if you got a phone call, the phone app could not access the microphone. But if you're in a situation where you want to turn that off, you can. And then after that, we have 
Alert when clipboard accessed. Get an alert when an app accesses text, images, or other content you've copied. Off. Switch. So I have this turned off. I'm assuming that would just be a toast notification of some sort. And that's all that's on this page, so I'm going to back out. Security and privacy. Additional privacy controls. Control access to the camera, microphone, and clipboard. Next we have... More privacy settings. Let's see what's in more privacy settings. More privacy settings. Navigate up, button. Let's see what we have. Samsung, heading. A Samsung heading, under that we have... Samsung privacy website. So I think this just takes you to Samsung's website if you want to see their privacy statement. Next. Customization service. So customization service, this is a Samsung thing. I have it turned off, but if you want them to track your location and messages you've sent and that sort of thing to customize your experience to have recommendations, you can, but again, I have that turned off. Next we have send diagnostic data on switch. I usually keep this turned on because, you know, if there's a problem, I want them to know about it and I want them to fix it. But that's up to you. You could turn it on or turn it off. Google heading. Then we have the Google section. Android personalization service. Same sort of thing, but Android related. On Android personalization service switch. I have that one turned on. Data sharing updates for location. Review apps that change the way they may share your location data. You can go in there to review that. Android system intelligence. Let's go in here. Android system intelligence. Navigate up button. And on this page we have. Device learning. Get suggestions based on the people, apps, and content you interact with. Learn more about device learning. And. Keyboard. Show smart replies and paste suggestions. On-device recognition, on-device speech recognition. So this is on-device speech recognition, meaning it doesn't use the cloud. You can go in here and manage what languages you have downloaded to be able to recognize your voice without an internet connection. And then we have... Clear data. Erase what your device has learned. So you can erase everything if you have this enabled. And then your smart replies will not be as smart. More privacy settings. Android system intelligence. Below that we have... Health Connect. Manage app access to health data. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Autofill service from Google. Autofill service from Google. Let's go in here. Autofill with Google. Navigate up. Button. Use autofill with Google. On. Switch. I won't go in too much detail here because we've covered this extensively in Android settings before, but here are the options. Personal info, name, email address, phone numbers, addresses. So you could save your information there. Google Password Manager, passwords, passkeys. And you can have it save your passwords. Google Pay, payment methods. And your payment methods. Preferences, security, sync. And then here you can go in to change the options preferences for it. I'm going to back out. More privacy settings. Autofill service from Google. Next we have... Activity controls. 
So these activity controls will take you to a page where you can choose your Google account and it takes you to your account privacy settings where you can customize all kinds of things about what you let Google track as far as your activity and what you don't. Next we have ads. Ads. I'm going to go in here. Ads. Navigate up button. So I'm just going to show you what's in here. This is the ad tracking section, if you want to call it that. Ad privacy. Customize info apps used to show you ads. Reset advertising ID. This generates a new advertising ID that apps can use from now on. Delete advertising ID. Apps can no longer use this advertising ID to show you personalized ads. Enable debug logging for ads. Instruct apps to write ads debugging information, such as network traffic, to the system log. Off. Switch. These settings help you control whether apps can use this device's advertising ID to personalize ads. This device's advertising ID. Those are all the settings that apply to ad tracking if you want to reset your ID, if you want to delete it, so forth. It was pretty self-explanatory, I think. So if you want to stop seeing ads for a specific item you used to be interested in or are no longer interested in, you'd come in here to reset this advertising ID. I'm going to back out. More privacy settings. Ads. Next. Usage and diagnostics. So again, just like in the Samsung section, this is where you would go to choose whether or not you want Google to know about how you use your device and the errors you run into, that sort of thing. You can go in here to turn that off if you want to, or turn it on if it's off. So I'm going to back out. Security and privacy. Navigate up. Button. More privacy settings. And below more privacy settings, we have one more. Private share. Share files privately, prevent recipients from resharing, and set expiration dates. So that is an interesting feature that I've never used, but it's there if you want to go in and see what that's all about. And that brings us to the end of this demonstration of the privacy settings on Samsung devices. I will now send it back to the crew. Anyone want to add anything to this? Warren, have you got any any thoughts having heard that? Privacy is a very good thing, and I'm glad John took the time to go through this because, I, I don't know, if you're like me, <laughs> so many things I want to be uh, made private. So we do encourage people to always, always go into these uh, sections of the phone and know what's going on. Uh, if there are certain things you don't want to be going out there, guys, take advantage of this. And so, uh, John, thank you so much for uh, doing this again. It's absolutely beautiful. No problem. Um, I also want to remind people, I did this last time we covered this in just the general Android settings, but remember that if you give apps permission to things and then you set up a new phone and you transfer over your account and your apps, all those settings go with it. So, you know, it's a good thing to just go look and see what apps you've allowed certain permissions to because you could have an app in there that's you know you allowed it permission years and years ago and don't even use the app anymore and it's still got that permission so it's a good thing to review every once in a while it's nice you mentioned that because when i 
uh, transition from my Galaxy S21 to the S23 Plus that I set up a few days ago, uh, Monday to be precise. And, uh, you know, all of my privacies from uh, my S21 were transferred over. So uh, just make sure that you have things the way you want them, even if you're changing phones. Uh, if you have restoration completed, right, those um, settings will also transfer. But it's always a good idea to go back in there and make sure that the change um, is effective. Because I tell you what, my Pixel of all phones, for some reason, I reset my Pixel maybe some two or three days ago, my Pixel 8 Pro, and my Telegram and some other app didn't come through. I, I had never seen that. Something very odd. To John's point about uh, apps kind of skulking on your phone with permissions they shouldn't have, Google is trying to save us from ourselves a little bit by kind of cancelling permissions every so often it's a bit it's a bit sketchy and also i, I think we've discussed this before i would like a, a global option to make it not do that but it is it's good advice go through and check even if google is trying to help you out by cancelling permissions especially for uh, unused apps so google cancels the permission for unused app and i think the reason why telegram did not come especially if you have installed Telegram beta, which is always out of the Play Store, which is on the Telegram channel, then that app will not transfer to your phone. That is very interesting. That should have been the uh, reason why, because to be honest, that was the very first time that uh, an app didn't come through after I did uh, a system reset on my Pixel phone. So that explains it. Now I know better. This is the Spotlight segment. Stay tuned for premium interviews, device unboxing, and more. Now we turn to our Spotlight section, and it's an unboxing, and these always go down well. Uh, John unboxes his new Galaxy S24 Plus. Hello, and thank you for joining me for this unboxing of the Galaxy S24 Plus. I have it right here. I received it from Samsung today. And I ordered the yellow version. So I'm just going to go ahead and get started. It has these pull tabs like Pixel. The Pixel I, was the first that I noticed starting this, and now Samsung's doing it as well. So you just pull the tabs along the shorter ends that's one and see if i can get this one this is technically supposed to be easier than cutting okay there we go i'm gonna take it out of the box or i should say take the top off the box let's see what we have in the lid here if anything. Yeah, so this is where there's like a cardboard piece that holds the cable. And I'm assuming it holds the SIM removal tool as well. Let's see, is this the tool? Let me just 
See if I can open it up. Okay, I'll just take it out. Here's the book that nobody ever reads. Even sighted people don't read it. Here's the cable. USB-C to USB-C. The usual. And then... I pulled out the cardboard. I'm assuming... Yeah, here it is. Here's the SIM removal tool on this cardboard. Just gonna take that off and save it. All right, so all that stuff to the side. Back to the phone. We'll take it out. Okay, I like the feeling of it so far. I'm going to take the cover off the screen. Wow, this is... I'm not going to lie, it feels like an iPhone, but I like that shape. You know, the corners are rounded, but the edges are flat. Um, yeah, completely flat. The front is fat, flat. <laughs> the front is flat. The sides are flat. And the back is flat. So on the back, we have the three cameras they each protrude out individually so instead of being like a camera bump they are their own bumps i guess and there's three of them uh that's on the top left when i'm when i have the back of the phone facing me down here looks like a little sticker i'm gonna remove don't know why we have stickers on here Okay, so the back has like a matte sort of finish to it. It feels, it doesn't feel too glossy. The edges do feel glossy. And then, so on the right side, we have the usual volume buttons at the top, side key below that. I guess this is like an antenna or something. Under that, unless that's the SIM tray, we'll find out, I guess. Along the top, there's a microphone hole. Along the left side, there's nothing. Along the bottom, we have probably a microphone hole. A USB-C. And then a speaker on the right. So I'm going to see. Yeah, it looks like it looks like this is going to be the same situation as the Ultra models have been lately, where there's a microphone hole right next to the SIM ejection hole. I'm just going to go ahead and if I can get it open, since I have the tool here. Okay, so it's... It doesn't seem to be right next to it, so... The... I'm gonna push it, let's see if this is... Yeah, that was it, okay. So, the microphone, if you're looking at the 
bottom of the phone, the hole that's the microphone is to the right of the SIM tray and to the left of the USB-C port, and the SIM ejection hole is to the left of the tray, so it's pretty close to the left edge. So it's that's good. You can't you can't get it wrong. Okay. I won't put my SIM in right now. But I will compare this to my S23 Ultra, which I have right here. I'm going to take it out of its case. All right. I'm going to compare sizes. Putting it face to face. <laughs> it's very close to the same size. It's it's a little smaller in every direction. Um, and of course, it's a lot smaller at the corners because the corners are rounded, whereas the S23 Ultra has got basically square corners. Let me see if I can tell a difference in weight. Hmm. Yeah, it feels... I don't know. It's hard for me to tell that kind of thing. But I, I would say, yeah, the, the Ultra definitely... Well, I won't say definitely, but it does feel a little bit heavier. Okay, so... I'm going to turn it on. Get TalkBack going. And then... So I'm holding this key down. It did not vibrate. There it is. Just had to hold it for a long time. So I'm going to go ahead and once this is booted, or once I think it's booted, I'm going to do the Samsung method of side key and power up. I'm just going to try it now. Did not seem to do anything. Press both side and volume okay, up buttons quickly to you. Talk back on. Okay, Welcome so to we talk have... back. Labels available. Use tap with three fingers to view. Allow talk back to make and manage phone calls. Allow button. And allow. Samsung setup wizard. Welcome. Let's see what the volume level is at. Accessibility volume set to 50%. Okay, so that's pretty decent for 50%. I'm going to see how loud this gets. English. Okay. Double tap to activate. Yeah, I'll try to not put it next to the microphone, but that's very loud. Welcome. English. Double tap to activate. Screen off. Well, that concludes this unboxing. I'm not going to bore you with the <laughs> setup that I normally do, but thank you for listening. So, John, I take it this is uh, or has been your daily driver for the last week and a bit, has it? This is what you're using now? Yeah, I've been using it for about a week now. I really like it. 
Um, a couple of things I did want to mention is that first, this version of One UI, which is 6.1, comes with a version of TalkBack 14.1. And I say a version because it has some of the features, but it doesn't have the most important feature, which is the image descriptions. For whatever reason, if you go into that part of the settings, there's only the two switches that have all, well, I shouldn't say always, that have been there for a while, you know, icon description and text description. And the, the silliest part about it is if you go to what's new in TalkBack, it will tell you all about how you have image descriptions now, but they're not actually there. So for whatever reason, whether it's an oversight or a intentional decision, that's not in Samsung's version of TalkBack 14.1. So that's a little disappointing. Um, also, I think it's worth mentioning that in One UI 6.1, they have fixed actions on the recent screen. That was an issue in 6.0 where actions were broken on the recent screen. So you can now close apps by using TalkBack actions. And also one thing that needs to be mentioned, I know people are going to be asking, is that no, you cannot run Eloquence on the S24 series or more specifically the S24 Plus, but I'm assuming it's the entire series. I was not able to install it on there, so it seems to suffer from the same 32-bit app restrictions that the Pixel devices have implemented in the past year or so. So definitely be aware of that if you're thinking of upgrading and you're one of those people that absolutely needs eloquence. So, John, did you use any AI features on the phone and what are you, what are you comment about that? I haven't used too many. I did try circle to search and I'm sad to say it doesn't seem very accessible. If you so if if you use navigation buttons, obviously you can long press the home button with a double press and hold. But if you're using navigation gestures, you actually have to do a talk back pass through and then hold your thumb near or your finger near the bottom of the screen to bring it up. And then obviously you can't circle anything without doing another pass-through gesture, but it does break it up into little parts that you can select and it will do a, a search on that word, but it it's literally like word by word. So you can select a word on the screen and it will do a Google search on that one word, but I haven't found a way to like highlight an entire sentence or anything like that. So out of the gate, thumbs down for accessibility. Now, so I got that feature on my Pixel 8 Pro. And uh, for me, all I need to do is long press something and it brings up the menu. And in there is the circle to uh, whatever or search with uh, Google, whatever the new thing is. Um, however, I haven't been able to select, like, say, a sentence. And I think that would be because we don't uh, have a way of selecting uh, sentence for example and so if they're going to be giving us this and they want us to be able to be able to use this then they have to open up the ability to discriminately select on web pages because right now um if all i do is long press on a word that's fine but i mean i can't uh select a sentence like uh, john says uh so Give us that line selection or whatever, and we'll be 
good to go. Um, and long press it, whatever. At least the long press for me, when I long press an image, it brought up that feature. Do we think sighted users can select sentences and have it done, or are they also restricted to selecting words? No, they could select whatever they want. Yeah, they can they can circle images. They can like scribble a whole like highlight a whole paragraph. You know, they can pinch to zoom, move the screen around. You know, to make it easier to select certain areas. So, yeah, it works great for them. Any harder to install Google Talk back instead? It's no harder than it was on 6.0, but it is different from how it was before. So the procedure is the same, except you can't get into the Google TalkBack settings. Well, I should say you can't go into accessibility services and then open Google TalkBack to assign the shortcut from there. So what you'd have to do is go into accessibility settings then go to shortcuts, find the shortcut you want to assign TalkBack to, and then choose TalkBack from the list. And as long as Samsung's TalkBack is uninstalled at that point, that TalkBack that's in that list will be Google's TalkBack, and you can assign it to a shortcut that way. So the procedure is just as difficult as before, no more difficult. It, you just have to go about it a slightly different way. And what happens if you reinstall Samsung's TalkBack? Will the shortcut be replaced automatically or it will still be active or working? It will be, it will still be working. It just won't show up. So like if you go back to the settings and look at the shortcut, it will show you TalkBack in that list and TalkBack will not be checked because now it's showing you Samsung's version of TalkBack. So Google's version of TalkBack won't be in that list any longer, but it will still be assigned to that shortcut so if you then added samsung's talkback to that shortcut then when you when you did the shortcut you'd get a pop-up asking which you wanted to enable talkback or talkback <laughs> it's just yeah, so it's the same as more... android 13 i think it's yeah. yeah it's here the same yeah exactly okay what about the sound and the overall performance of the device i mean compared to the s23 ultra it's not the same phone i, I know but it's 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 a fair comparison, I think. Yeah, it's I haven't noticed any drop off at all. So like going from the S23 Ultra to the S24 Plus, you know, if you didn't use the S Pen, which I didn't use the S Pen, like the experience is just as good. Um it's it's hard to say if it's snappier, you know, because uh it was just it was so good before. And it's still really good. So I don't think th there's a, there's there might be a slight increase in performance, but it's not something you would notice. I did notice that the uh, haptics in the S24 Plus are a little weaker. They're not necessarily bad. They're just weaker. So I had to adjust. On my S23 Ultra, I had it set to about 40%. So I had to change it to 100% on this to get what felt like the same result for me. So the haptics are a little weaker for some reason. And the speakers, uh, they seem very... I haven't done like a side-by-side, -side, but they seem... They get very loud. They're very clear. They're very nice speakers. Mic quality seems to be great, like it always is on Samsung phones. And the screen, um, for those who have low vision, it's... It, it, although it technically has a higher peak 
nits than the S23 Ultra. It it seems about as the same amount bright to me. That sounds like uh, you're you're pretty happy with it. Yeah, I am. That's why that's why I'm kind of considering you know canceling the S24 Ultra order. You know, if Samsung doesn't ship it soon. Yeah, and how's the battery? It's great. It's um, so I use it screen on 100% brightness basically all the time and I've yet to drain it. I think the lowest I've seen it at the end of the day is maybe 40%. So yeah, it's, and for me, like that's probably close to the best battery life I've gotten in a phone, if not the best battery life I've gotten in a phone. At 40% in the evening, that's absolutely beautiful. You can't go wrong. Uh, on such a battery use. Uh, so, you know, Samsung has been doing very well when, when it comes to battery management. And frankly, this is beautiful. I mean, even on my S23 Plus, I had that thing set up since that Monday. And uh, believe it or not, I'm not a user of it much, but I haven't charged it yet because, you know, I do very little on it, but I haven't turned it off. It's, it's been on since then. And um, I think when I checked this morning, it's like 19%. So it's not bad. I, I like the battery management. Yeah, I, I'm a very heavy user of my phone. I do everything on my phone. You know, I have it on me all day. I, I probably, so that 40% I quoted, that's probably after like six or seven hours of actual screen on time. And, you know, I also use it for just listening to stuff, you know, with the screen off, like podcasts, um, you know, audiobooks, that sort of thing. Yeah, and on top of that, you know, that's your main driver. And um, so, mm -hmm. I, I mean, that is still a very good uh, usage case because if you look at uh, 40%, I mean, most phones would be uh, down to maybe 30% or whatever. Uh, so it's really good. I like it. You are now on to our App of the Week segment. This is where we demonstrate an app showing you whether or not it has accessibility issues or not. Should you have an app that you would like us to feature on one of our episodes, feel free to send such an app to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. And now, here's this episode's App of the Week. Now we turn to our App of the Week, and Warren demonstrates uh, perplexity, a search engine as he describes it with a difference. Hi, for episode 165, App of the Week, this is demonstrating perplexity. P-E-R-P-L-E-X-I-T-Y. Think of perplexity as a search engine with a difference. I'll be demonstrating perplexity on my Pixel 6 Pro running Android 14 and Topac 14.1. For the speech services, I'll be using the acapella services using the Heather voice. I am now on my home screen and will navigate my way to the perplexity icon. Perplexity. Here's perplexity. We tap here to activate. Perplexity. Paywall background. Image. I do want to apologize for some reason my connection with Reflective 4 is kind of... Uh, stuttering today and so the first thing we heard background paywall and i do want to mention here in passing that this app has a subscription model of $19.99 or $20 a month or 
annually. So it depends on what you want. The whole idea of demonstrating perplexity is to have the developer fix some of the accessibility issues. There are some buttons here that are not labeled. However, uh, for the most part, it is usable. And so the whole idea is that after hearing this, we can all contact that developer and have him or her fix the accessibility issues here. So the first thing we heard was paywall. Moving down. Skip. There's a skip there to the left in the middle. Book icon, image. We heard something, book icon, image. Perplexity icon, image. Next below that is the perplexity icon, image. Google logo, continue with Google. And you could sign in with Google or sign up with Google or... Continue with email. Continue with email. In other words, you could sign up with email. Or if you have a perplexity account, you could log in there. Privacy policy. And we have privacy policy. Terms of service. And terms of service. I'm going to use my Google account, so I'm going to go back up and tap on continue with Google. Google logo. Continue with Google. Go ahead and tap here. Services. Cancel button. We heard Google services. Cancel button. Choose an account. In the middle, we hear choose an account. And below that is your Google account. Or if you have multiple Google accounts, you can choose the one you want to use with perplexity. I'm going to tap on my username. Warren Carr or Carr at Gmail. I tap Signing there on in. my username, and we hear it stuttering because of my bad connectivity with Reflector today. We are now on the second page. City text, pro icon, unlike the most powerful AI. Research assistant, check, over 300 copilot uses per day, check, unlike GPT-4 and GLAW 2.1, check, pro support from our team, check, early access features. Selected check icon. In other words, what's going on here is that you have access to all the different AI providers like Copilot from Microsoft. You have the Anthropic uh, Cloud. You have uh, Google Gemini. You have GPT-4 and all of that. And at the bottom, subscribe. There's the subscribe and I'm not going to subscribe the to The subscription to will automatically renew unless it is cancelled at least 24 hours before the end of the current period. The user's okay. account will be charged for renewal within 24 hours prior to the end of the current period. The user can manage subscriptions and turn off auto-renewal by going to their account settings after purchase. Any unused portion of a free trial period, if offered, will be forfeited when the user purchases a subscription. And you don't have to subscribe to it if you don't want to. I'm going to close out of here, so I'm going to hit the back button. Paywall background. Navigate up button. Button. Restore. And here are the subscription models we got. Monthly. $19.99. Build monthly. Like earlier. Yearly. $199.99, save $39.89, free trial, free 7-day trial. 
And now I'm just going to hit the back button that is to close. I just closed out of the subscription page. And so we are on this page. Where knowledge begins. And we hear where knowledge begins. How are volcanoes formed? In and list. Some of the items here, how are volcanoes formed? Body reaction to spicy food. Ah, uh, so talking about my jalapenos and all that good stuff. Can you make ice cream at home? I keep going. America's best circuses. So basically... Can we hear colors? Can we hear colors? So these are things, some of the things here that you could, you know, tap on and, and hear the answers for and all of that. Now, there are lots of them. They're going from left to right. You keep going. And if you're a swiper, just keep swiping. Now, toward the bottom, we have some buttons and tabs. The first buttons we encounter on the left, we have... Ask anything. <clears throat> the best-selling music. Ask anything. There on the bottom left is ask anything. Basically, if you tap on that, it will bring up your keyboard. Now moving to the right. Image search button. There's a search button there. And to the right of it is a voice search. Voice search button. In other words, you could tap on this and use your voice in asking the questions. At the bottom of these are tabs, starting from the bottom left. Here are the tabs that we find. Home. We have home. Not selected tab icon. Discover. To the right of that is a discover. Moving right. Not selected tab icon. Library. Library. That is the things that you've searched for or have asked questions for will be in your library. Of course, if you tap in the middle one, which is a discovery, you'll see the different categories you could choose from and things like that. How about, though, we go ahead and try asking something using our voice. Voice search button. Tap here. What's the tallest tree in the world? I apologize for my bad connectivity today. I have no clue as to what's going on with my reflective four. All right, now put my finger down. What's the tallest tree in the world? Out of list. And moving down. Icon. Sources. Image. Image. And there's image, a source. Image. Image. Uh, if you tap Expand on that. Icon. Image. And moving down. Answer. There's the answer if I move on down. There should be some text here. The tallest tree in the world is the Hyperion, a coastal redwood, Sequoia sempervirens, located in California, which measures 115.92 meters, 380.3 feet in height. All right, I'm going to scroll down a little bit because it has tons of stuff there, but... In the middle, as you scroll down, we have some buttons that are not labeled. And these are some of the unlabeled buttons that I was talking about. From the left in the middle, we have the following. Icon. It just says icon. Tapping on this unlabeled icon there on the left 
brings up a list of the uh, AI uh, providers you can choose from that could help you in rewriting uh, the answers. And so we got... Rewrite. Rewrite using... Choose an option below to rewrite the answer. So basically choose an option below to rewrite the answer. Icon. Copilot. More accurate and thorough search. This copilot. Icon. Experimental. Concise and less restrictive model by perplexity. This one is coming direct from perplexity. Icon. GPT-4. OpenA's most advanced model. Next. Icon. Claw-2.1, Anthropic's most advanced model. That's the cloud from Anthropics. Next. Icon, Gemini Pro, beta model by Google. And the Gemini from Google. Let's go back and see what the next button does. Okay. So now I'm back to the previous uh, screen, and sorry again for my stuttering here with my uh, reflector. The next icon. Icon, button. Icon, button. And we'll tap on this to see what it does. Clipboard. This button, when tapped on, simply copies it to your clipboard. Let's move on to the third button. Icon, button. And we tap. Send to nearby device. Or you could send to a nearby device. Let's look at the last button. That's the fourth button on the right. Icon, button. Share. Tapping on that, here's what we got. HTTPS, sharing link. What's the tallest tree in the world? HTTPS, copy. This one brings up all the sharing apps, like all the apps that you find. Messages. And all of that. So let's go back. And those are the unlabeled buttons there. Where is the Hyperion tree located? Related. We have the related thing. Where is it located? How old is the Hyperion tree? Related. What is the average height of a coastal redwood tree? And we keep moving down. Ask follow-up. Ask follow-up. And then below that will be... Voice search button. And basically, that will be a little short demonstration of this app called Perplexity Is. Again, though, my apologies for my stuttering of my connectivity today. But that's what it is. And now we could just write to the developer and have him or her label these buttons to make it a joy to use Perplexity. Thank you. Any more to say about that? As I indicated in that little demo, the uh, app is not quite very accessible. And uh, it's a different kind of search. Uh, so it's an AI kind of search. And the thing is that it has all of these uh, AI providers in there. You could do follow-ups and all of that. The only thing I wish it did, and probably it's behind that paywall of uh, 20 bucks a month or 200 bucks a year, uh, is the ability to hear back a verbal response or whatever. Because I would like to see a situation whereupon if I tap on a voice search, for example, and I search something with my voice, it would be nice to also have it, uh, you know, verbalize uh, responses of what I just did that voice search for. But 
right now it didn't do that and i don't know for sure if that is part of the uh paywall as they put it so i i'm not about to find out i think that the uh el Fribo part of it is good enough for me and but it's a great app with a great potential i just want them to make it accessible and that will actually be a very good thing to do and you've been in touch with the developer i haven't yet because i just grabbed that uh app yesterday uh evening and then installed it and decided to hey i'm going to demonstrate this for uh our podcast so i haven't written them you know, for some reason, I kind of slept in today. Um, if someone had not uh, sent me a message waking me up at 7.30, <laughs> I probably would have slept in until maybe about 8 something. So I haven't. After this uh, podcast, I'll try to reach out to the dev. Was that someone, Austin, or was it uh, someone else? Not anyone on the podcast crew. He woke you up? No, <laughs> it was someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going, Ed, but no, it wasn't Austin. Austin didn't wake me up uh, with any notification. It was some other person else. And now the G-Show, or what Austin refers to as the Joshua Screen Reader, a.k.a. Commentary Screen Reader CSR. This is where some feature of this screen reader is demonstrated. Now we have the next in our series on commentary or Jishuo, and Kareen shows us options for resuming speech feedback or browse by touch when these have previously been suspended. Hi. Suspend browse by touch is a Jishuo function that enables you to pause browse by touch, which is called in TalkBack Explore by touch. When browse by touch is suspended, the on-screen taps and gestures will be handled by the system and uh, there will be no accessibility focus, but you will still be receiving speech feedback. If you don't want to have speech feedback also, you should use the suspend speech feedback and browse by touch function. Recently, three options were added, relate, and they are related to the resuming of the, the browse by touch or speech feedback and browse by touch. Let's see them together. Main menu. Gshuo settings. Gshuo settings. Gshuo plus. Advanced settings. Advanced settings. Advanced settings. Operation settings. Operation settings. Operation settings. And I'll look for. Checked. Allow resuming the screen reader exclusively from the notification bar and checked. When this option is checked, I have two methods to resume the browse by touch and speech feedback and browse by touch either by tapping the notification that is received when they are suspended or by the simultaneous pressing of the volume keys. And this means you press the first volume key, immediately press the second one, then release them together. If I uncheck this, I'll have additional options. So in addition to the mentioned two, I will have Checked. The, the three new options are still in Chinese. They can't be translated for now. But I'll go one by one and I'm using swiping. The first one is, let's use the translation from Jishu. Occurrence translation. 
Resume feedback when screen is unchecked. This means that when you lock and unlock the screen, the feedback will be resumed. It is enough to be on the lock screen for this to work. So you don't need to unlock fully. The second option is checked. Restore feedback checked when the notification bar is pulled down to display. Also, this is using the Gshow translation. This means that if I swipe down with one finger from the top of the screen to open notification shade, the browse by touch or browse by touch and speech feedback will be resumed automatically. Of course, swiping will be with one finger, not with two. Checked. The third one is resume feedback when a call comes checked. This means that when you receive a call, browse by touch or browse by touch and speech feedback should be resumed automatically. When I tested this, it didn't work with WhatsApp calls, but it should work with regular phone calls. These are the three options. You can enable one, two, or three of them. It's up to you. Let's uh, try. I'll try the swiping with one finger from the top of the screen. By default, to suspend browse by touch, you press both of the volume keys in the, in the way that I described before. You can also use the function from the main menu or assign another gesture. I'd open the main menu. Main menu. More button. Main menu. Monitor the current. Pull. Select CTS. Suspend speech feedback and browse by touch. This is the one related to speech feedback and browse by touch. And disable hop. Suspend browse by touch. This is for sus the browse by touch suspension. Let's activate it. Browse by touch suspended. I'll swipe down with one finger from the top of the screen. Notification shade. Browse by touch was resumed automatically. I'll try to swipe. Touch. Clear com. Notification. Clear comment button. So, Jishu is working, Browse by Touch is working, and this means that the option is working. Thank you for listening. Straight Ahead is our Tip of the Week segment, and this is where we show you a trick or tip on how to take advantage of your Android device. And now for this episode's Tip of the Week, here's your Tip of the Week. we close this week with a tip of the week and i show you a problem you might have if you're a xiaomi user when entering three finger symbols with any braille keyboard if you have upgraded from miui to hyper os uh, which is xiaomi's implementation of android 14 on some devices
Hello everyone, I'm Ed Green and I'm here today to tell you about a problem that Xiaomi users might experience when they upgrade to HyperOS, which is Xiaomi's implementation of Android 14 on some phones. Now, Xiaomi users already using MIUI uh, 13, which was Android 12, or 14, which was Android 13, may recall that if they used a Braille keyboard, three-finger combinations like the letter L, dots four, five, six, which precede uh, certain other uh, symbols to make, for instance, a slash, forward slash, uh, character wouldn't be able to use those three finger gestures by default. They'd first have to go into settings, general settings, gesture shortcuts, and turn off some system gestures which relied on three fingers, uh, a three finger swipe down and a three finger press and hold, uh, which related to taking different sorts of screenshots. Once they'd done that, the three fingers in Braille keyboards would work as envisaged. Unfortunately, following the upgrade to HyperOS, I'm on 1.0.1.0, Turning off those three-finger gestures relating to screenshots in Xiaomi's system settings does not solve the problem. The three-finger gestures will not work on the Braille keyboard at all, either talkback Braille keyboard, advanced Braille keyboard, and I'm assuming soft Braille keyboard if anybody is still using that. Interestingly, three-finger gestures in TalkBack generally work as envisaged, including ones which are direct conflicts, uh, and that's regardless of whether they are turned on or off in Xiaomi's additional settings uh, gesture shortcuts. So a three-finger uh, tap and hold will bring up search, uh, a three-finger single tap will bring up the TalkBack menu. The problem is only, from our perspective anyway, in the Braille keyboard. There are two bits of promising news. The first is we are not the only ones affected. Uh, gamers are complaining that uh, some of their gestures aren't working either. And it, it's not great that anyone else is having a problem, obviously. What it does mean, though, is that with any luck, um, Xiaomi will seek to fix this uh, fairly quickly. The second piece of good news is that there is a workaround. It's not a great workaround, but it does uh, tend to work. What you have to do is perform the gestures in two stages. So I, I use my phone in screen away mode uh, just for clarity. So when I want to type the letter L, what I do now is I press dots two and three. I wait to feel the vibration to tell me that they have registered on the keyboard. This is using TalkBack Braille keyboard. And keeping those two fingers still held down, I add dot one. So dots two and three, wait for the vibration, keep them held, add dot one. You may well find that other uh, two-part combinations work, so you might start with dots one and two, add dot three, so on and so forth. Starting with the lower symbols, for me anyway, seems to be the most reliable way of getting this to happen. I suppose you might conceptually think about it, it's a little bit like holding down a shift key on a physical keyboard and adding a letter. Obviously, it's not an exact analogy, because... 
there are no buttons and we're not holding down a shift key. But, you know, you're holding down something and pressing something else while keeping the first thing held down. That's that's the takeaway concept. What I'll also say is that the the Braille keyboards, both for uh, advanced Braille keyboard and talkback Braille keyboard, are a much less smooth experience. They always seem to be pretty forgiving on all my phones and on all my previous versions of MIUI, but you seem to have to now be much more precise when entering characters than you did previously. It, it's almost as though the screen real estate has shrunk. I don't think that can be quite right, though, because it, it, it doesn't necessarily seem to be that you have to be in exactly the same place each time. It's just that you need to be exact each time. So, so before you get started, uh, you might either want to recalibrate or just orient yourself by typing a couple of uh, test letters. Uh, I've particularly found with the right hand, as I say I use screen away mode, that my hand needs to be higher than it used to be. Um, quite why, I'm not sure. But once you've, once you've kind of got it working and you're in your rhythm, it should be all right. Like I say, not great, but all right. And if you find yourself particularly uncomfortable typing on a QWERTY keyboard interface like Gboard, then you might want to uh, uh, persist with this and work it until there's a fix. Some of the other three finger gestures in the talkback braille keyboard are very difficult to perform now as well. So swiping down with three fingers to uh, switch to the next keyboard, swiping up with three fingers to bring up the more options, those those are tricky, much harder than typing the letter L, and there doesn't seem to be a fail-safe way. Sometimes I have to swipe down with three fingers six or seven times before it will take, similarly swiping, swiping up with uh, three fingers as well. So uh, those are more difficult, but again, uh, with a great deal of persistence, doable. I have reported this to both Xiaomi and Google Disability Support. I suspect it is Xiaomi's to fix, but I find it interesting that TalkBack's other three-finger gestures are being captured by TalkBack and work as intended. So I have flagged it to Google in the event that they're able to do something or indeed to pick it up uh, with Xiaomi. So that is the issue, folks. That is the workaround. I hope it's helpful. John, I'm not, I'm not sure if OnePlus uh, have this screenshot thing, the three-finger gestures. They didn't used to, but they might well have now. So it would be interesting to know if the OnePlus 12 has that issue. I think you said Asus did have that implementation, didn't they? But, but turning off those gestures did resolve the Braille keyboard conflict. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And even after it came with Android 13, even after upgrading to Android 14, I was still able to, you know, turn it off from within the advanced settings. So, yeah, that's definitely something I'm going to be keeping an eye out when I get this OnePlus phone set up. Yeah, as I say, it may or may not have the three-finger screenshot thing. It didn't used to, but I could well believe it might do by now because mine mm-hmm. was four iterations ago and they've they've grown, grown closer to their uh, sister brands. The OnePlus did have that gesture when they were in the Oxygen West, when the OnePlus 11 was out, and even the OnePlus 10, I think. But now I don't know if they have it or no. But the OnePlus did have that in the later part yeah, of the, Oxygen West. Yeah, the 8 didn't. But uh, yeah, then obviously it, it moved closer, didn't it? To, um, as I say, it's, it's stable brands, and they seem to borrow 
the same for because that'd be interesting to know if yeah it may well still be there All good things must end. Thus, it's curtain drawing time, bringing us to the close of this week's episode. Coming up, though, we give you information on how to get hold of us. Well, that's it for this episode. Austin, how can people get in touch with us? To contact us, you can send an email to Contact us at blindandroidusers.com. You can join our mailing list by sending an email to blindandroidusers plus subscribe at groups.io. You can join our Telegram, Facebook, Discord, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. The links for everything will be at the bottom of the show notes and also in the video description of the YouTube channel. And also the links are in the websites panel of the YouTube channel. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, Say bye-bye to the nice people. Bye, everybody. And thank you so much for listening to us again. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Have a great week. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone, and my hiccups have cleared now. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. Until we see you next week, don't forget to leave us your comments and suggestions via our email contact or using any of our social media sites. Have a great week. Thank you.